Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Leticia. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Komodo Health, Health Podcast. On this podcast, we encourage wellness and inner growth. If you're looking for a safe space for shared human experience, look no further. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Kimono Health Podcast. We're so happy to have you listening to this episode. And if you are a returning subscriber and follower of this podcast, thank you so much for joining us. And to anyone who's new, welcome to the family. You're in for a great ride. You're going to learn so much, especially today's episode mm-hmm. is really special to me. Um, and to very, me as well. Yeah, very important topic. As you can see by the title of this episode, super duper important. And I'm just really excited to talk about this. Um, we've been meaning to talk about this for a very long time. We're very passionate about this topic. And so I really think this is going to be a good one. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, we're talking about women's health and the importance of talking about women's health. And I do believe that this episode will help a lot of women out there mm-hmm. and also help men out there to understand women better. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a man listening to this podcast, I hope you do take the time to understand um, women better, mm-hmm. psychologically, biologically, um, and just have a bit more empathy and understanding towards women. Um, share the awareness with other people, other men and other women. Um, I think this is really a great topic for people to share the information that we're going to talk about today. And I think it's going to be a really long podcast. So brace yourself. Um, I hope you're listening to this podcast while doing something to keep yourself busy. But even if you're not, I'm just happy that you're listening and that you're going to take something away from this. Absolutely. So Get your snacks ready, get your pens ready, get your notepad ready because it's going to be really informative. Yeah. So I want us to discuss, like, why is it important for people as a society to talk about women's health? Why is that so vital? I think it's so important because I'm a woman and any woman listening to this knows the amount of things that we go through Mm -hmm. like we go through so much with our bodies and mentally psychologically like we go through it and the things that we go through we were never prepared for like we were never given the tools the education Mm -hmm. the information to help us along the way with what we were going to encounter so for me i feel like it's women's health is so important because guys there is a lot that yeah. goes into it. So There's a lot that we don't and know. And I always say information is wealth. Mm-hmm. It's health. It's the best thing that you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about women's health because there's a lot. Yep. If you're listening to this, keep this conversation going. You're absolutely right. And for me, I honestly feel like there's a lot of shame associated to women's health Mm. i don't know if 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 you're a listener i don't know if you feel that way as well but i feel like there's a lot of shame associated to women's health and like it has to stay hidden um we shouldn't really talk about certain things especially with the older generation and i know that with our generation you know people are trying to be a bit more proactive in speaking about things but in general, it's like hush, hush, hush mm. when it comes to women's, women's health. health. And with that, like when women's health are not discussed, it becomes harder for women to know and understand what is typical mm-hmm. of their health mm-hmm. or what may be associated with like medical conditions. Or things that now become like a point of concern. Mm. You know, it becomes harder because now, like, if we're not talking about it, how do we know? Mm. What do we look out for? Mm. Right? You know? 
So the more we talk about it, the more people do research. Uh, the, the more mo- people are better informed. Exactly. The better people know what to do, how to take care of themselves, exactly. what signs to look out for, what mm. preventive measures can yeah. we take beforehand. Like, guys, you don't have to wait to be yes. in the boiling water before doing something. Like, yeah. before you get to that stage, what can you do to prevent? Exactly. Yeah. That's, and mm-hmm. I, I also feel like um, for years and years, women have been able to power through situations um, like even if you're in pain, exactly. you would go to work or you would prepare a meal for your kids or you would do whatever needs to be done. And I think because we've been able to power through through pain and suffering and all that kind of stuff, sometimes um, even ourselves, we we kind of brush off yeah. our pain and what we're going through and think, oh, I've powered through A, B, C, and D. I can power through this again. But yeah. we don't know that we actually... Um, causing a lot of trauma for our bodies like exactly. it's trauma like when you building a lot of um i don't know how to put it mm. like a lot of when you practicing or you're i don't know if it's practicing like you have a lot of unhealthy habits yes. it's trauma for the body i don't know how to yeah i get what sense. you're saying i know the word for it but I, it's not coming to my mind but i know the word for it yeah um yeah mm. absolutely mm. absolutely and now I want to discuss something that me and you always have a conversation about. Mm. We have we've had this conversation numerous times. Maybe we, we've even brought it up in some podcast episodes, and I just want to talk about that again. Like our mothers or caregivers, whoever was your caregiver growing up, never really spoke to us about women's health, mm-hmm. and if they did, they were very vague about it. Like mm. it was very like. They wouldn't go into details mm. about it. Mm. And that's also another problem that a lot of women have had to face. Because I don't know if you're listening to this. I don't know if you've if your mother or your caregiver literally sat you down and was like, okay, menstrual cycles work like this, like this, like this. Um, you might experience these type of changes in your bodies when you feel like this. Or like if you feel anything in your body that you feel is concerning you can come to me and speak to me about it if you're curious about certain things you can come to me and speak to me about it mm-hmm. i've never had that experience you're my sister so i know you've never <laughs> had that experience mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this i don't know if you've had this experience but we really didn't have it was very hush hush like very quick like I even feel like it's even with menstrual cycle when i started my menstrual cycle it was just very like my mom literally threatened me <laughs> That was her giving me the talk. Like, she just threatened me and didn't even explain anything. I was literally traumatized. When I mean traumatized, I mean traumatized. I didn't even go to school Mm. for, like, three days. Mm. That's how traumatized I was. Mm. And she didn't explain it properly. But I do get her because that's how she was raised. Yeah. She could only teach you with the knowledge that she was passed on with. So, yeah. And plus with the shame. Remember, there's, like, taboo and shame. shame Because it's the same thing with me. When I started, I was in a panic. I was like, okay, I did something. I don't know what I did, yeah. but I did something that's causing me to bleed and God is punishing me. Yeah. That was my thought. So I successfully hid it from my mom for a whole day, just cleaning bed sheets, changing my underwear every five minutes, yeah. changing my clothes. And it was such a heavy flow. It was so heavy that in the nighttime, I couldn't take it anymore. And I just... You know, I took her in the bathroom and I took off my pants and I said, this is what's happening. And she was shocked and she gave me the pad and I went to bed and I didn't understand. Like, okay, why does this woman know what to do? Like, why is she giving me this little thing that I'm wearing? Like, it didn't make sense to yeah. me. And the five days was over. I was like, oh, thank God it's over. And it came back the next month. Yeah. I was like, what is this? So, I was never told that. Yeah. It's going to come every month. I was yeah. never told why I was having my periods. I was I just didn't yeah. know why it was happening. And for a little girl, it's very confusing. And traumatizing. And, and traumatizing. And my mom told me, it's something very shameful. So I'm thinking, why the hell did the Lord put shame on me? Why am I the only one with shame? <laughs> 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 
yeah no it's very traumatic so they, that's why I, I think it has to do a lot with shame and it's like a taboo mm. to not talk for your caregivers or your mom to not help you or let's say you're someone who just you just grew up with your dad maybe so your dad was supposed to do the job of helping you they don't teach you these things because first of all i think they themselves feel embarrassed mm. they, they they feel embarrassed mm, they do <laughs> they feel ashamed they do so it's not easy for them to have conversations like important conversations with you about your health and also another thing that i personally experience is uh, every time I didn't feel well, I was always dismissed. Like, mm. always dismissed. And now I carry that through my adulthood where if I'm not feeling well, I will deal with it myself and not tell anyone. Because if I do, I'm always so scared of being dismissed. Mm. I get scared of... Because that's that's the experience I had as a... But I think also it's because, you know, like, sickness is, you know... And it shouldn't be viewed that way. They view it as such a shameful thing. Yes, so, especially in the Congolese community. Yeah. So when I you don't say, know about other communities, but yeah. So you just get really um like you know pushed away or not heard because yeah. it's like why you bring up something so shameful? Like it's very crazy. Like where does that stem from? Like being ill or your body not feeling well. Why does that have to be shameful? Like why it's normal. Like, it's very normal to not I, feel well. Because I also feel like they've always associated being sick with some sort of punishment. Okay, yeah. You know, and it's not just... Or sin, eh? Yes, yes. yes. Because, you know, even like sicknesses such as cancer or diabetes or normal diseases that people go through, yeah. they'll be like, yeah, she has cancer because she did A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And like, that's not the case. That's not We're true. human and we fall ill sometimes yeah. and that's absolutely normal. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's a worldwide problem. Mm. You know, we're speaking from a perspective of where we grew up from. Yeah. But watching the Bridgerton and... Um, the first daughter, I don't know her name, yeah, but she got married to that Duke guy, yeah, yeah, and she was excited to get married and she got married. And when she was within her marriage, she, she pulls her mom in, aside in the garden and she's like, Mom, you were telling me get married, get married, but you never prepared me for what was inside marriage, yeah. And it's like that's how we still live to this day. Like, our moms will be like, I want grandkids, I want you to get married, but they don't tell you what's going to happen to your body and the things that are required of you once you're in that situation, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And with that being said, going to the next thing that we're going to discuss, because we're not taught um, these things, we're not giving these important conversations, we're not encouraged to even go seek medical help, mm. right? You seek, you stay with your sickness, you try to deal with it, you don't tell anyone or whatever, and because it's just very shameful and stuff, because of that, we've had to teach ourselves certain things on our own, like... And when I say teach ourselves, sometimes you learn maybe through school. Mm -hmm. You go to school and maybe you guys start discussing something at school because maybe some teachers are kind of open to helping students. Then you're like, oh my gosh, so that's how this works. So this is what this is or whatever. And then even with your friends, you might have certain discussions, but sometimes it's just the blind leading the blind. You both don't know what you're talking about. And then sometimes it's just the internet. You Google certain stuff or by watching tv like when you watch tv or if you're someone who reads a lot that's when you learn certain things like oh my gosh so this is like this okay so this is depression and this is how depression works you like you know mm. through that but nobody really sits you down and like you know there's something called depression mm. right and yeah, like it's through school, through media, like even now with how the internet is booming, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube or whatever, you'll be on Instagram and someone's going to share a story. Even on TikTok, people share stories about their lives and you're like, what? That's a real thing. Mm. So we've had to teach ourselves certain things. Sometimes when you see your doctor, you're explaining something and you, you really don't know what it is. And then from there, that's when you actually learn, oh, okay, so it's this it's that mm -hmm. i need to do this and this and that so we've had to 
teach, teach ourselves. ourselves. And also speaking about teaching ourselves, I think it's very important to create a relationship with your doctor. Um, like really communicate with them and, you know, like let them have this mindset that I want you to take care of me because I realize that sometimes your doctor really just wants to not really look at the situation and see what's yeah. happening. They just want to get rid of you. Like, oh, you know, but yes. they actually need to intensely like have a moment with you and yes. see what's going on. Because I remember I had an appointment with my doctor just recently to check my hormone levels and I'm speaking to him and I feel like he's not really connecting with me and yeah. my body, like what I need. It's more like, okay, let's just get this because over and done. He does this every day. The lady before you, probably had not maybe similar to you but like in the field that he's working in he gets so this doctor is a gynecologist right mm. so that's his field the woman that will come after you same story so when he's looking at you he's just seeing you as just another patient yeah and i feel like if you feel that way and you feel neglected by your doctor, I think it's safe for you to say that um, I don't feel that you're taking me serious right now. Or you can express that you want to change your doctor. Because I was literally a bit fumbled and a bit confused. Like, I don't feel that I'm of concern right now. I feel like I'm just another person that he needs to get rid of. Yeah. And I don't like that because I need to know that I'm dealing with my issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now I want to talk about some things that women should look out for. And for this part of the discussion, um, I did some research and fell on an article by UC Health. And I thought it was such a brilliant article. I'm going to link this article in the description of this episode so that you guys can also read it. So everything that I'm going to like talk about now and discuss with Leticia is from this article and I have the papers right in front of me I even printed it out like I was so serious I printed it out took my highlighters and I was highlighting the most important points because I want you guys to be healthy okay this year is giving healthy hot girls yes <laughs> I love healthy hot girls yes it's giving healthy okay it's giving wildness <laughs> <laughs> like how other places are saying um i'm in my health era yeah exactly so i'm gonna just we're gonna briefly go through like the top five women's health concerns and yeah just like discuss that so if you guys hear a paper in the background it's just me and my printed papers because i'm i'm serious now this is real business so we're gonna look at um the top five concerns for women and the first one, when I read this, guys, I was very shocked because I thought that this normally happened to men and not women. But it's actually us. It has to do more with us. So the first top concern is heart disease. Are you guys hearing that? Are you guys as shocked as I am or was? Like, I was, I was like, what? Heart disease, and the CDC says that only 56% of women recognize that heart disease is the leading cause of death for women. And a lot of people thought that this was prominently amongst men, but it's us. We're the ones suffering the most with heart disease. How do you feel about that, Letizia? I wanted to surprise you. Are you shocked? You're not shocked, eh? You know, I'm not too shocked because with women, it's something new every day. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's always something new that's traumatizing every mm -hmm. day. So when I hear another fact, it's like, okay, adding on to the pile mm -hmm. of everything we go through. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I told you this, yeah. like three weeks back, or a couple weeks back. Mm -hmm. I told you, you know, the reason yeah. why I really want to take care of my mental health mm. is because I think most of you listening to the podcast, like our old podcast, know. But if you're new, you know, I have really struggled with anxiety and mm -hmm. depression. And it has taken like um, a toll on my 
physical health yeah and you love with me you know the chest pains that i feel or in my back and i've i've told you that i really worry for my heart and i really mm. want to do better mentally because i don't want to be in a space where it's gonna catch up with me yeah because already i'm young mm -hmm. and i'm going through this this is not a good sign and so for me to find out this information it just emphasizes more on how i need to take care of my heart yeah remember there was even times when i'd go outside and say i'm having a moment with my heart in the mornings yeah. where i just listen to it beat and i would just thank it yeah because yeah heart diseases it, it, it's a real thing yeah and I've and I've heard of cases of women dying because of heart diseases, yeah. and that scared me. And I've heard of these cases when women are pregnant, yeah, and the heart fails. And for me, I think that is a very sad thing. Yeah. So no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I was very shocked, and this article even says that post menopause as well as early menstruation are uncontrollable risk factors for heart disease that are specific to women. So you hear that, guys. Post-menopause as well as early menstruation. Really is it. Really plays like a, a huge role in heart disease. And, you know, to keep your heart healthy, um, just like what you said, have a moment with yourself, have a moment with your heart. And really just take care of your health. And if you want to have healthy heart habits, um, look into a healthy diet. Mm. Um, look into regular activity, physical activities. Like imagine, they even say that just five minutes of physical activity is good for you. Even mm. just five minutes, guys. So do take time to just move your body around for just even five minutes and um if you're a smoker you have to stop smoking and if you are considering smoking or starting to smoke you really have to not start and i understand and that it's really tough to stop smoking like you can't just tell someone oh stop smoking like yeah. it doesn't happen that way but there are literally yeah um facilities and yeah. pills that are designed to help, help you, you in the yeah. process of exactly stopping exactly yeah and another one which also kind of like it didn't shock me i've heard of this before but oh. every time i read it it's like is this still about the heart yes okay and it's um you have to make time to relax mm. so this whole movement this new lifestyle of being super productive and never resting and we're literally shamed for resting we are shamed for sleeping and napping like some people say things like while you are s sleeping we are in our bags. Okay, While good for you. While you're sleeping, to... we're burning the midnight oil. Or oh, that yeah. Kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. It's like, okay, sis, but you need to take care of your heart. <laughs> so take time to rest. And anger and stress can damage your heart. Hmm. Can I just add a little something, like on the mental side? Yeah. It's like, you know, like... We really need to be careful with the information we consume yeah. and how we think. And we need to be careful about how we treat people because, like, you know when we're sad, we're yeah. depressed or we're heartbroken yeah. and we're going through it? It literally has a physical effect on our heart as well. Yeah, it really does. It really does. You know when someone says, my heart is literally sore and my, my heart is broken? broken? Guys, I have felt that effect in my chest it's literally real like it's not fake like it's not made up it's not just a saying but you can literally feel you can you can feel it in your heart and i think yeah. it's absolutely scary it is yeah. do take care of your heart okay ladies and the men who are listening please help our ladies take care of their hearts have a bit more empathy and emotional intelligence to help the ladies in your life and even the ladies that you don't know help share this this information and the second one is this one i wasn't really surprised but i think it's something that also still needs a lot of awareness i mean we're doing such a great job to talk about this and bring awareness to this there's a whole month dedicated to this and i think that is so important and so good and the next concern is a breast cancer 
And oh, I'm sorry, guys, if you're hearing these papers. Like, I'm reading this. And so, yeah, so it's cancer. And the most common type of cancer in women is breast cancer. And it happens when um, cells change or grow in the ducts. And I don't know how to pronounce this, so I hope I'm pronouncing this properly. Lobules within the breast. Mm. So when those cells change or grow, that um, causes cancer. And that's the major identified risk factor categories for this type of cancer pertain to hormone and family history. And it's so funny because we've been doing our research on hormones. Mm. So when I found out that it also like pertains to hormones, um, I don't think a lot of people deep that hormones play a huge role in our health, mm. in our lifestyle, how we feel. You know, hormones really play uh, a big role in this. Like if you want to go get your hormones checked to see what levels of hormones you're in, please do that. Mm. Highly, highly important. A hundred percent. And also family history. Family history Mm -hmm. is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you need that made your your family history so that when you speak to your doctor you can explain to them exactly from where you're coming from so that they know how to deal with you and Mm -hmm. treat you because you must remember um doctors Mm -hmm. are treating us based on the statistics of Mm -hmm. what they've studied on the majority Mm -hmm. so you need to come to them as an individual with your story so that they better treat you yeah absolutely like sit your grandma down your mom Mm -hmm. down and say what is our medical family history Mm -hmm. i need Mm -hmm. to know Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. then what happens is we we grow up and then we're surprised we have all these diseases and we're confused but if your doctor is aware of this then we can prevent you know anything from happening beforehand or we can know how to better treat you exactly exactly absolutely right And with that also being said, the third concern, top five women concern, is gynecological health, ovarian and cervical cancer. With this one, I wasn't surprised, but I would say that this one has has become like, how can I put it, like a, it has become like a priority in my life. If I may say, it's something that I never really used to think about, but now it's something that I think about daily. Like, how do I take care of of myself in that aspect, right? Mm. And that ovarian and cervical cancer is very real. Um, a lot of women suffer with it. A lot of women, you know, struggle with this type of cancer, and uh, and it's not really spoken about. Like, you don't really hear about it. Like breast cancer, there's a whole month dedicated to it. We wear uh, pink ribbons and stuff. Amazing work is being done. But with ovarian and cervical cancer, I think it's only now that people are talking about it. But even now, it's like, it's not something people discuss, Mm. right? So we're going to talk about ovarian cancer first. Um, So ovarian cancer starts in the ovaries. Mm. And for those who don't know what ovaries are, ovaries are like walnut-sized organs located on both sides of your uterus. Or of a uterus. (laughs) And the crazy thing about ovarian cancer is that it shows no symptoms until after it has spread outside of the ovaries. Mm. That is so scary. Mm. Imagine like you've been living with this for a long time without even knowing. And I remember reading an article of a lady who had... um, she had cervical cancer. It wasn't ovarian, but it was cervical cancer. But I think it's kind of like similar where the symptoms that she was getting, um, her doctors thought maybe it's just like hormones. It's, you know, things that will go away. Mm. You know, when doctors have that type of mindset, like you're okay, it's going to go away. Sometimes these things happen in the body. And her mom passed away from cervical cancer. And then three months later, she, she she was determined to find out what was wrong with her own body. And they literally diagnosed her with cervical cancer. Mm. 
but before that like she would go for checkups her normal check and they'll be like no you're fine mm. you know sometimes these things happen but da, you know da, da, da. what i've also learned i've also learned that when you with your general practitioner yeah and you think that you need more intensive care yeah sometimes go see a specialist for that required field yeah like let's say if it's regarding your ovaries or your uterus yeah. go for a doctor who specializes mm. in that field mm. don't just consult your gp because your gp will sometimes you know just keep you coming back yeah and then by the time we actually find the cause yeah. things have become worse yeah no for real imagine that really scared me like imagine having imagine living your best life best life because this thing is inside of you and it's literally showing no symptoms mm. you're having a good time living your best life or maybe you're not even taking care of yourself you're not living a healthy lifestyle you're not exercising you're not eating right and you don't know that this thing is inside of you only to find out when you're already like in stage four like how traumatizing is that mm. so traumatizing and you know, the way ovarian cancer is diagnosed, it starts off with having a conversation with your healthcare provider. Um, like I said, they might just brush you off in the beginning. But I feel like this is a sad reality, actually. Very sad. But you have to remain persistent. You have to remain determined to find out what is wrong with your body. I know it's sad. Because why do I have to put in so much effort to find out what is wrong with my body when my doctor can just, you know, put in the effort to make sure that I am good, I am healthy. But just be persistent. You, you, you're the only person who knows and understands your body. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that there is something wrong, just be a persistent. They might brush you off the first time, the second time. But trust me, by the fourth time, your doctor will be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to refer you. <laughs> To a specialist mm. who's going to look into that. Mm. So, yeah. And then with that, so some of the, t so the tests that they may do is they might do a pelvic exam, ultrasound, CT scan, blood test, and biopsy. So those are the type of tests they will do. And then with cervical cancer, cervical cancer is the occurrence of abnormal growth of the cells of the cervix. Guys, let me tell you. So I was doing my research yesterday and it was my first time. So I was looking at images on Google and it was my first time seeing how a cervix looks. I don't know if this sounds crazy, but like I've never really seen how it looks. Um, I, that was just amazing to me and how they like and how they like scrape off cells from it to run tests. Um, that is actually called as a name for it. When I get there, I'll read it out. It's a very like difficult medical term. <laughs> so yeah, it is that. And that in most women, cervical cancer is caused by the, Oh guys, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's called, uh, I will just use the abbreviation of the word. It's normally caused by the HPV virus or infection. Yes. Infection. And this infection usually goes away on its own. But in some cases, this HPV infection leads to cancer. But um, for most women, HPV doesn't develop to cancer. But it's also one of the factors that you really have to look into that might cause cervical cancer. Mm. And some factors that are also like a risk is um, smoking, um, lifestyle factors such as your diet and if you're active or not, mm. if you're overweight, um, if you have long-term use of birth control and um, if you've had or if you have um, chlamydia or herpes mm. or having just even a weak immune system. Mm. Imagine. Mm. Just by having and a I, and I And I feel like with the times that we are living yeah. in with our foods being genetically modified mm. and you know all sorts of things being pumped into our foods and our livestock yeah um our 
air being polluted yeah. and all the chemicals in the air mm. and the kind of lifestyles that we live i think that you know regardless of whether and it's unfortunate i do say like whether you don't smoke whether you eat healthy we are unfortunately exposed mm-hmm. to cancer Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that even if you check the list of okay I don't I don't smoke I don't know, I think it's still very important that you get screening and checked because of the kind of foods we're consuming the kind of air we're breathing the sun's rays everything is just hazardous the way we're living so I just think it's best to yeah. get screened to get checked just to be on the safe side exactly I encourage that too very important i think we grew up in a time where like people don't go up don't go for a checkup like i remember i had the mindset that if i go for a checkup that's when the doctor will find something wrong with me but if i don't go for a checkup then i'm fine and i'm healthy Mm. like what a messed up way of thinking and a lot of people think like that i've had conversations with people who tell me this and it's like oh my gosh i can't believe we think like that but you know i get it i get it because you know when you don't know that there's something wrong with your body like you you're gonna live you're gonna Mm -hmm. do everything that you always Mm -hmm. do as you do it but the moment your doctor tells you you have zbk Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you'll even feel pain in that area all of a sudden you know your life changes (laughs) your life does feel like there's change yeah yeah and then the, some of the um, risk factors also of cervical cancer that you should look out for if you've had multiple full-term pregnancies and if you've also had um, a full-term pregnancy before the age of 17 and also look into your family history of cervical cancer. Mm. Yep. I think that's another reason why kimono baby is so important to me and i want to really share a lot of information in terms of the woman's body Mm -hmm. and our mind and everything we go through because regarding our family history i think that's what really inspired me to really push kimono baby so that everyone can yeah can have information Mm -hmm. better safe than sorry yep yeah i i agree And speaking about like getting regular checkups and screening, um, one of the tests that you have to do is a is a pap and a HPV test. But a a pap test can be done without the HPV. But if you you can also just look into that. What is the HPV test? The HPV test is that um, infection that I said earlier on. Mm. It's called. You know what? Let me actually say it. Like, it's a very long word. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. It's called the human papillomavirus. Mm-hmm. Papillomavirus. Mm. So, HPV mm. infection. So, yeah. So, you can do the pop and the HPV test. Um, You can also get a... Guys, these words, these medical terms. Please bear with me. It's called the col... Colposcopy. Yeah, you said that right. Colposcopy. Yes. So colposcopy, for those who don't know what that is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly, is a procedure to closely examine the cervix and for signs of disease. Mm. And then a biopsy is also like similar to that. That is a procedure to remove pieces of tissue or cells from your body so that it can be tested in the lab. Mm. So that can also be done. So yeah. So yeah. So now number four. This one was a big shock for me as well. I don't know why. Like I'm literally the mental health guru. But I, even with this, I thought most it was mostly men that suffered from this. The reason why I thought it was men is because women are more vocal about talking about how they feel and what they're going through, right? Compared to men. So I thought, no, men probably suffer from this the most, but they just don't talk about it. But we suffer from this more often, and we actually kind of, like, talk about it, I think. So (laughs) the next one is depression and anxiety. Like, in my head, I thought men suffered um, from depression more than women. I really did. 
I really thought it was a man thing. But it's actually us. And, you know, depression, it affects the whole body. And depression is not a, it's not a personal weakness. For those who think that when you are depressed, it means you're weak. You're absolutely not weak. Depression is an illness. And just like any other illness, depression often requires treatment. Now, depression has been linked to chemical imbalances in the brain and environmental and mental health, physical and inherited factors can play a huge role in the causation of depression. Right. And according to um, this doctor from UC Health, her name is Dr... Guys, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Please forgive me. I always want to get people's names right. From Dr. Sashdeva. Sashdeva. She says that women have one and a half to three times higher rates of depression. And guess where that usually comes from? I want you to guess, Leticia. What, like, what, what usually, like causes our depression like what what is a risk factor that also helps amplify this depression in us men cause our depression no (laughs) no she says that um a risk factor is hormonal changes Uh. in puberty menopause pregnancy and postmortem that's usually (laughs) i think men is one of the factors too (laughs) i think they should be added onto that list (laughs) Uh, so like for instance many women are at an an increased risk after giving birth to a baby Mm. in some women these factors can lead to postmortem depression ppd and in fact one in five women experience this Mm. i remember when i learned about postmortem depression so it's a few years back and i was like what that is even a thing. You know, there's just certain things that you hear. You're like, you can, you can't even believe that it's a, it's a thing mm. that we experience. Mm. You tired? Eh? No, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. So if untreated postmortem depression can have severe consequences for the mother, child, and family. And if you suffer from depression, counseling, medication, or a combination of both would be really helpful to you and um it really just starts with a conversation with someone Mm. and a conversation with your physician so don't hold back if you're feeling that there is something wrong with you uh not even something wrong with you but like if you're if if you if you don't feel okay Mm. um have a conversation with someone talk to someone and especially your primary care physician Mm. And the next one is anxiety. Anxiety is also... So anxiety is a natural part of the body's defense mm. mechanism. Mm. Right. And... But sometimes if it, if it gets out of control, it starts to interfere with your day-to-day life. Mm. That when it, it, it becomes a problem. And, and anxiety disorders tend to run in families and are most common in women and younger people. Mm. I won't lie. I was kind of shocked with this. I don't know what I was even... It's not that I even had any thoughts on this, but I was really shocked that it's mostly found in women. Mm. And just like depression, anxiety is an illness, and it can respond to treatment. Anything you want to add to that? You know... Being a woman is tough. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And the last one is reproductive health issues. Now, if you're a woman with a known history of irregular periods and you are above the age of 35 or you have a known cause of infertility, you should seek management sooner or after six months of attempting pregnancy. And these are some of the common risk factors for infertilities. I mean, it has to do with age, weight, 
medical problems affecting your hormones, ovulation, or the overall function of the reproductive system, including PCOS or endometriosis. And I'm very interested in PCOS. I even did a reel on it. And I hope to go into more details on it. Mm. Environmental factors and lifestyle choices. Um, even medical treatments such as chemotherapy and, and radiation therapy also plays a big risk in this. Mm. And sexually transmitted infections or prior ec- topic pregnancies. Ectopic pregnancy, I had to Google that. It's pregnancies when the egg is the fertilized egg implants outside of the uterus Mm. so that is also another issue there so yeah so those are the top so when that happens um yeah does the pregnancy have to be terminated i think so because the 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 fetus Mm. cannot survive outside of the uterus because it doesn't get it's vital like support and it's also very not good for the mother Um, it affects the mother it affects the organs of the mother so when the baby's inside the uterus it's kind of like a protective um barrier for the baby and also for the mother Mm. but when the 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 fertilized egg implants outside of the uterus that is a and it's they, life-threatening. And there's no, like, surgical procedure that can take place to... No, it does happen. Uh, they do. I think they can even do, like, a minimal surgery uh, on it. When I, when I was doing my research, they can. Um, but I think you can also read on it. It's very interesting and also scary. Uh, like, we go through so much as women, and this can happen to anyone. It's not like a certain group of women have been picked to experience this. It could happen to absolutely anyone. Mm. And another factor that um, affects the reproduct- reproductive health is surgery surgery within the pelvis, especially involving the ovaries and Philippian tubes. And all these risk factors can be reduced by maintaining a healthy diet and weight um, if you stop or you never start smoking or excessive alcohol and drug use, um, quick adif- identification and management of sexually transmitted diseases, limit exposure to toxic chemicals and treatments. Talking about toxic chemicals and treatments, um, I know that hair relaxer mm. amongst black women, it also like affects our reproductive health. Mm. So also look into that. And yeah, those are our top five um, health concerns. Heart disease, breast cancer, ovarian and cervical cancer, depression and anxiety, reproduction, reproduction reproductive health issues. Mm-hmm. I really wanted us to go into that. I hope you guys found that very interesting. And I, and I will link this article in the description because i really want you guys to read it i was really just amazed by it and i really want us all to take care of our health and to end this podcast off i really encourage each and every one of you to do something for yourself and for your body every day like i said earlier on um just even five minutes physical activity is really good for your health i I encourage you to speak to your general practitioners i encourage you to ask questions i encourage you to go for screening and tests if you have the the privilege to do so please do it and i know there are some free clinics out there that you can go to and get the help that you need um, don't stop at anything. Don't make any excuses. Your body matters. You matter. And I just want us to just live a healthy lifestyle. I want us to eat better. I want us to be happier in our bodies, in everything that we do. I want us to be there for our families, for our friends, for our children. Just be healthy for ourselves. And also healthy for others. Like, mm. if you have children, I'm sure you want to be healthy for them. Mm. Right? Not only you want to be healthy for yourself, but you want to be healthy for them. I really do 
hope that you guys will have these conversations with your loved ones so that they do understand us even more um your have these conversations with your mother with your father with your siblings with your husband just have these conversations with anybody just anyone willing to listen have these conversations so that we can just lead healthier lifestyles yeah did you say anything you want to say you have said it all you really have um just i just like you said everyone should just really take care of themselves mentally emotionally physically um listen to your body like don't ignore the signs that it's giving you listen to your body um stay connected to the right information if you're confused speak to your doctor and just do what's best for you that's all i can really say yeah yeah hopefully this was really helpful to you all who listened well that's it thank you so much for tuning in i truly hope this episode was helpful and that you gained some knowledge and insights on your health and i do hope that we spread the word we will continue to have these conversations to help us lead healthier lifestyles please don't forget to follow us on instagram at kimono health follow kimono creations on instagram at kimono creations and also follow kimono baby on instagram at kimono baby and don't forget to purchase our products on our website we'll link it in the description and we will be be back with another amazing episode next week bye bye